It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The BYU football program has some great news on Saturday with Falatau Satuala announcing that he'll be a BYU Cougar. How big truly is his commitment alone for the BYU football program? We're talking about that and also about Pukunakua and his record-breaking season in the NFL. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And by way of introduction, real quick, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you for joining us. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics and can treat uh, 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And uh, some big news on Saturday at the uh, Army All-American game, or now it's the the All-American Bowl, whatever it is, uh, the name of it. It's the big showcase event for high school seniors that have been standing out all of their uh, high school careers seemingly to go uh, to San Antonio, Texas, play there in the Alamo Dome and have an opportunity to kind of, I guess, hobnob around with uh, fellow top tier prospects and BYU had uh, one of the top prospects in the west of the western part of the United States of America in Bountiful High School four-star prospect Falato Satuwala in attendance at that game. He was one of the guys who took the opportunity on that showcase on NBC to be able to announce where he is uh, going to school and uh, as many of you know he picked BYU. This is a huge huge recruiting win for BYU mainly because he was a guy that a year ago maybe even six months ago was all but dead set on being a Ute. It just it felt inevitable that he would end up going to the University of Utah. Let me just say one thing about this. Kalani Satake is a very good recruiter, but as a head coach, he is restricted in how often in uh, the, the amount of visits he can make to individual prospects' homes and get in front of their families and put on the charm that Kalani Satake is known for as a head coach. This commitment uh, of Falatao Suatawala falls directly on Jay Hill. Jay Hill is worth every dime, penny, and nickel that the BYU football program is paying him, and I have it on fairly good authority that he's making seven figures as a BYU coordinator, and it's worth everything. Falatasatuala has got the opportunity to come into BYU and be an impact player as soon as this season, speaking of 2024. He's got that type of ability. I watched him at Bountiful High School. As many of you know, I do a lot of high school coverage in addition to my radio responsibilities for the KSL Sports Rewind crew calling football games during the prep season. I keep a keen eye on Northern Utah as a selector for the John Watson Northern Utah High School, the Player of the Week Awards. 
And I got to tell you, every week when I was going through these games, Falato Satuwala could have won that award seemingly every week. He was actually our only two-time winner during the season uh, of that John Watson Player of the Week award. And I had an opportunity to catch up with him at our gala we held in early December. And I, I mentioned this on the podcast a while back. After that conversation with him, he was not giving up anything. I was just kind of getting some chit-chat with him. But there's one tidbit I was holding on to because I didn't want to uh, break uh, any, I don't know, uh, not allegiances, any confidences, and it wasn't really that it was said to me in confidence. It was just that when I was asking about how things were going, uh, let's just put it this way: the the Moa family was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be, you're gonna look good in Provo." And speaking of the Moa family, it's got it's the family of Isaiah Moa and uh, Sione Moa who are currently at BYU. Their young, bro- their younger brother Celesi Moa uh, was a recipient of the Player of the Week awards. He is a young wide receiver at Weber High School, and uh, I was they were joking around saying, "Yeah, you're gonna look good." in blue in Provo and Satuala kind of got this kind of little sly little grin on on his face and that told me essentially everything I needed to know and at that point there were a lot of the rumors out there that Satuala was going to uh, pick BYU and uh, after he ultimately uh, did the hat ceremony there at the All-American Bowl uh, BYU shortly thereafter announced that. Now BYU can't officially announce a guy having signed with the university unless they've actually signed. Well Satuala couldn't sign at that All-American Bowl. He would have had in typical fashion had to have waited until uh, February 7th uh, for the actual signing day. The fact that BYU announced that means that he did sign during the early signing period and there were people out there saying that uh, hey, I think he's actually already signed. He's just waiting to announce it. Well, that's what happened because he did announce it shortly after uh, the BYU did shortly announce it shortly after he did that hat ceremony, and good for him. He wanted to keep it quiet. It's similar to the situation with uh, L.J. Martin a year ago, as you might recall. He signed with BYU during the early signing period, but wanted to wait up until signing day to have a hat ceremony and celebrate with his family and friends down there in El Paso, Texas, uh, on the accomplishment. And so I can understand wanting to keep it quiet and be able to celebrate on a national stage. This is an awesome awesome thing for these young men to do. A couple of you asked me, well, why would he have waited and kept it quiet? It's because he wants to be able to celebrate with his family and friends, and he wants to have that platform. Who wouldn't want to be on national television and have people cheering, whooping, and hollering and celebrating the fact that you're signing with their university and just in general? I would do that. Everybody, Every one of us would do that. So, I understand why he did what he did, and it's awesome to have him in the fold because this is a kid, speaking of Satuwala, that I I think that the Travis Hunter effect is starting to uh, wear off on other teams in college football. Don't be surprised, and I'm not saying that this is any inside information. This is just my personal thought on the matter. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Satuwala get opportunities at at both sides of the ball at BYU early on in his career. He's going to BYU. They announced him as a safety, and at 6'4", nearly 200 pounds, there's some thought that he may grow himself out of that safety position and Maybe into playing a linebacker role similar to a guy like Fred Warner. Remember, Fred Warner was kind of a hybrid safety linebacker during his time at BYU before molding into what he is now, the, maybe the best middle linebacker in all of the NFL. Falatel Satuala has got that type of a frame, that type of ability, and who knows if he ultimately lives up to that, but he's got that ability. And oh, by the way, he also can contribute on offense. I watched him uh, in many ways drag his bountiful Red Hawks teammates to the state championship game. They ultimately lost that state title game, but this is a kid who was absolutely phenomenal. A great pass catcher. He's got a huge frame, as I said, as I mentioned, at 6'4", 200 pounds. I would be, if I'm BYU, I'd put him at that wide, wide receiver role. Like, Take a Keanu Hill who's moving to tight end for BYU this year and say, hey, Keanu, there's that Satuala kid over there. Teach him everything you know about jump balls and catching the football and just going up and get it. Because 
I'm telling you, Satuwala has got that type of ability to be a two-way contributor for the BYU football program. And maybe I'm overhyping him. Maybe I'm just a little too uh, drinking too much of the Kool-Aid when it comes to this kid. That's, that's and that's very possible. And there's always the caveat of injuries and, and the like that can ultimately uh, play out in a guy's career. But this is a huge huge win for BYU, and it wouldn't have happened without a guy like Jay Hill spearheading the recruiting efforts on Satuwala. It's a awesome, awesome thing to have a defensive coordinator who is engaged and wants to get after on the recruiting trail. I've got no bad feelings and nothing bad to say personally about guys like Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki, but they did not want to get after it like Jay Hill gets after it, and Jay Hill's staff in particular gets after it. It's phenomenal. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a great thing to have in BYU's back pocket to have a guy like Jay Hill who's going to get out there with all of his other responsibilities. The associate head coach. He coaches up BYU safeties. He's the defensive coordinator who's overall all of his other coaches. He's got so many responsibilities but Jay is first and foremost a recruiter. He knows his role and he gets it done to the best of his ability. This is an awesome, awesome day if you're a BYU fan to have Falatau Satuwala as just the second four-star prospect uh, in this class for BYU. And in the class rankings, now they're not the end-all, be-all, but BYU's at number 51 as a recording of this podcast with a grand total of 195.53 uh, points on 24-7 sports. BYU's average ranking is 85.43, so a little lower than some of the other teams in the realm of where they're ranked in terms of the overall class rankings, but that is a, an uptick for BYU in the recruiting cycle. That's 85 is a mid-three-star uh, a prospect according to 24-7 sports and BYU's been kind of hovering in the 83-84 range uh, for the past few recruiting cycles so it's an uptick and that is the Big 12 effect that's the Jay Hill effect it's it's just an overall impact of some of the good things happening for BYU and one guy that uh, I think will have an impact in his own right because of his ability to contribute on Sundays uh, will help BYU in recruiting is a guy by the name of Puka Nakua and we're going to talk about what Puka has done in the NFL and we'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, the NFL season is like wrapping up here, but there's still time to get in on the action with the NFL playoffs on deck with our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Simple as that, my friends. The app is super easy to use, and there are many ways to play, like using live same-game parlays to uh, kind of pile up the wins if you're capable of doing that. You can find bets in the new Explore tab to see what's popular out there and find one that you may have not thought about that's available to you. Take advantage of that. And that's what have, uh, you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays on FanDuel's platform. The best part is there's just a that's just a kind of a, a scratching of the surface of all the things you can do with our friends at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Once again, uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup today with that 150 bucks on a $5 bet, win or lose. It's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at uh, the, the Locked On Sports Today uh, streaming channel on YouTube, my friends. It's a great way to get caught up on all the sports out there. It's kind of a unique thing. A lot of you are using YouTube to view videos. I know that the next generation coming up seems like they're living on YouTube. Well, Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now and also I'll just add a tidbit if you've not subscribed to this show Locked On Cougars please do so follow it wherever you get your podcast if you're listening to it in the audio format or if you're watching us and or listening to us on YouTube there's a little like button right down below this video uh, hit that uh, subscribe button also uh, hit that thumbs up the like button and also one other button enable notifications hit that bell and obviously it'll let you know when a new episode drops and appreciate all of your guys' support on that front alright Pukunakua I don't know what else I can say other than what a phenomenal phenomenal rookie campaign for this young man he sets two records in the NFL the rookie receptions record overall the number of receptions that he's had on the year and then he breaks a 63 year old record with the most rookie receiving yards in NFL history that record was set way back in 1960 uh, for con, uh, context's sake, my parents, uh, I love them to death, Nathan and Janet, they were not born when this record was set. That's how old this record is. And it's just a phenomenal thing to see Puka doing his thing uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, uh, he set this record against my beloved San Francisco 49ers. But, hey, it's awesome to see him doing his thing, getting his opportunity to set this record. The best part was his mom was there. They had that um, embrace before the game. Then he uh, sets the record and he takes over to the sideline and sees his mom again, Panina, and goes and gives her a big hug. His brother, Samson. I saw is in the crowd. I'm sure his other brothers, Kai and Isaiah, even I'm sure Tay's there as well. This is a true family thing when it comes to the Nakua clan. But what a time to have a guy from BYU doing what Puka is doing in the NFL. Now, I have seen some of the online chatter throughout this season, and I had a person DM me after Puka broke that record and said, Jake, what is Puka doing what he's doing in the NFL say about BYU's usage of him during his college career? And I had half a mind to say, what are you talking about? The thing about this is BYU got a lot out of Puka Nakua, but there's a reason why Puka was drafted in the fifth round of the NFL draft. Remember, he went to the Senior Bowl last year, blew up day one of the Senior Bowl, and then picks up a concussion and doesn't practice the rest of the week, and a a lot of that was going back, and a lot of people thought it was just kind of a carryover from his time at BYU, even going back to his time at Washington, that he was injury prone. You couldn't count on him to stay on the field for any significant period of time. Think about the limited number of games that BYU got out of him in his career relatively. When he was on the field for BYU, absolutely dynamic, maybe the best player on the field, the best player in the state of Utah. I thought his final season at BYU, but once again, when he was on the football field. The one thing that the Los Angeles Rams got out of Puka Nakua was a fully healthy season from Nakua, and he absolutely delivered. The record was 104 receptions, so he gets 105, goes over uh, 1,400 yards plus in receiving yards. What an incredible, incredible season it was for Puka Nakua, but it's kind of the 
the, uh, I guess, opposite of what BYU got out of him. Because BYU would have liked to have had Puka on the field more often than he was. I think it was 1,486 yards set the record for him. That's what it was. 105 receptions. Just incredible, incredible numbers. Think about if Puka Nakua had played 12 or 13 games at BYU, what he was capable of potentially contributing to this BYU offense. The sad part was BYU got seven games out of him his final season in Provo. BYU got a lot out of Puka Nakua, and Puka Nakua got a lot out of BYU as well because it got him to the NFL. I will never, I mean, I will never forget that catch he had against Boise State to help BYU beat the Broncos. What a phenomenal catch, and everybody knew that ball was going to Puka Nakua, and this has happened time and time again during his high school, college, and now NFL careers. You know the ball's going to this kid, and he is as aggressive and as good a ball I guess ball hawk is a good term to use. He is as good at going and getting getting the football as anybody I have seen with my own eyes in many, many years. He is going to have a phenomenal NFL career. And the Los Angeles Rams, they put out a video of him on draft day. And I think it was Les Snead, their GM, or one of their scouts, was saying that he doesn't test well. And Pukunukua did not test well. He's not a guy that you, jumps off the page at you and said, yeah, you know what? That's a number one wide receiver. That guy's got everything. He's six foot four. He's 220 pounds. Like, everybody looks at, a, for example, a DK Metcalf from the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I'll use him as an example. DK Metcalf is what you think of a prototypical wide receiver. Six foot four, six foot five, 220 pounds, runs like a 4-4-40. Puka Nakua is not that, folks, but he is good enough, and he's as aggressive and as sure-handed a wide receiver as you're going to find. He's got adequate size for the position. I'm not saying he's he's tiny by any means. 6'2", 205, that's good enough. And he probably runs, I would imagine, what is it, 4'6"-ish, uh, maybe 4'5", but that video from the Los Angeles Rams also said this is a kid if we go by miles per hour you actually put game speed on there it's different than having him line up and run a 40 yard dash that's the thing about this I think we get too caught up on when it comes to the NFL draft and prospects for guys at the pro level is we look too much at the numbers how much the best bench press was their three cone drill you know what there are a lot of guys, and they mentioned the name Alec Ogletree. Ogletree, uh, who plays for Los Angeles Rams as a linebacker, is not going to wow anybody with his physical prowess and his testing numbers. But what Alec Ogletree is, is a phenomenal linebacker at the NFL level. Pukunaku is that same way. His numbers, uh, testing-wise, are not going to make you think, okay, we need to go get this guy. But when you watch him on film, you're like, yeah, we need this dude. And Sean McVay, in that video, said, I've got, I've got a, they said, I think you got a vision for this guy, don't you? And he's like, yes, I do. Let's Let's go get him. They got him in the fifth round. What a steal it is. And Puka Nakua, what a way to deliver. What a way to uh, deliver on uh, what a lot of people out there thought was, okay, we'll see how if he can hang in there in the league and carve out a little niche for himself. Oh, he carved out a niche for himself. He carved out a starting job for himself in the NFL. This is an incredible story. And I know you would have liked to have seen more of what he's done at the NFL level at BYU, but BYU got as much out of him as they could because he just wasn't on the field all the time for BYU. If Puganakua had played a 12 or a 13-game season at BYU with a bowl game, I'm telling you, the numbers would have been off the charts. Puka Nakua is right there in the mix with Austin Colley, Cody Hoffman, Eric Drage, on down the list uh, of the greatest receivers in BYU football history. There's no if, and, or but about me, but the only problem is he has relatively fewer numbers and games played at BYU versus some of those other guys that have the more gaudy statistics that uh, will go up against him for the quote-unquote GOAT status. 
So, yeah, I, I get the thought that BYU, they maybe they didn't get everything they wanted out of out of uh, a guy like Puka during his time in Provo, but I think both sides benefited immensely from his uh, his God-given talent, and it's awesome. It is phenomenal. I'm, I'm loving every week. I, by the way, the Los Angeles Rams are in my NFC West division. I'm going to have to see Puka Nakua torching the San Francisco 49ers secondary for years to come. You know what? I will, like... Uh, just smile and uh, just enjoy it, even though it hurts me as a 49ers fan to watch him do it against my team. But he's done it against everybody. This is one of those singular seasons that will not be soon be forgotten, and we should celebrate it more fully than I probably have and all of us maybe should have. So congratulations to Puka Nakua. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Here's to even better years to come for him. And I fingers crossed, knock on wood, get my lucky rabbit's foot out, whatever I've got to do to ensure that he stays healthy at the NFL level. Uh, Pukun is kind of the new uh, Taysom Hill. Remember, Taysom Hill had, what was it, four season-ending injuries in five seasons of BYU and has uh, been very healthy and very durable during his NFL career. Well, I'm hopeful that Pukun Akua gets the same type of a run in the NFL like Taysom has, Taysom has had, where it's essentially a clean bill of health they're able to go out there and do what they love to do, and that is play football and be impact football players for the respective franchises. So congratulations once congratulations once again to Puka Nakua, and let's just enjoy him for what he is and thank him uh, for, honestly, coming to BYU and doing what he did in a BYU uniform. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's show with some other thoughts and some notes on other BYU sports from the weekend that was. We'll get to all that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Now, all of us want to get away uh, from real life when it comes to sports, but can we talk just for a minute about prepping for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the more rough flu seasons in over a decade. That's a scary proposition. All of us, uh, I I myself couldn't imagine a more helpless feeling than uh, my family members or a loved one of mine getting a sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. I can tell you, my daughter not too long ago uh, came down with strep throat. She needed amoxicillin. She had to have that antibiotic. Jay's case is a pack of five uh, different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. And this stuff could happen to any of us. I just mentioned my daughter had it. I'm thankful that they had it on uh, the shelves at our local pharmacy. But if they didn't, that's where Jace Medical can help us out. Visit jacemedical.com. Complete your physician encounter there. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's a great way to check it out, my friends. It's never more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your order. That's Jace, J-E-S-E medical.com. Once again, promo code Locked On. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. Learn and Earn, the UCCU mobile banking app, is paying your entire family to learn about money. All of us want to become smarter when it comes to our finances and money in general, and that's where Learn and Earn comes in. They break down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games. And the best part, this part, best part is every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points that can, be accru- that can accrue and redeem even for gift cards to places like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. 
I've told you guys in the past, I've been a member of Utah Community Credit Union since I was eight years old. And one of my New Year's resolutions was to take advantage of learn and earn. I am uh, glad to say that eight days uh, into the the year, I have not missed a day quite yet. And I'm well on my way to earning my first reward uh, with a gift card. So get on it today, my friends. Learn and Earn is available inside the UCC mobile banking app. It's meaning you can play it literally anytime, anywhere. And the more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. The uh, best part is Learn and Earn is part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents become more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys, if you've not done so already, please sign up uh, for our uh, group on Subtext. It's a great way to interact with the show. It literally comes in the form of a text message to your phone. You can respond via text message, ask me questions, get insider tidbits. I'm getting up to the minute updates during games, all kinds of stuff. And it's a great way, to, like I said, to support the show as well. 14-day free trial to see if it's right for you. And then $4.99 a month after that, $4.99, just 5 bucks a month. Uh, I would encourage you guys to do it. We're well on our way to 60 subscribers at this point. Have goal to get it to over 100 subscribers in the next couple of months and then just build from there, uh, plain and simple. So I appreciate all of your guys' support in that venture and you can join that. It's in the show notes uh, below on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Just click the link there, type in your phone number and you're off and rolling. You'll be able to interact with the show and hope you guys will be along for the ride uh, for the long haul there. All right, a couple of other notes before we go on today's show. Uh, I've got a, my phone is buzzing all kinds of places, but nonetheless, uh, BYU uh, basketball. Now, we did a postcast edition after BYU's disappointing 71-60 loss to Cincinnati on Saturday night. I talked about the, the takeaways. You can go back and listen to that if you want more of a detailed breakdown of this game. But really, the final 10 minutes and the run that Cincinnati put on in that 10 minutes just put BYU to bed. And it's disappointing because... BYU couldn't hit the broadside of the barn down the stretch. Three of 17 shooting in the final 10 minutes of this game, if I'm not mistaken. But the one thing that continues to kind of stick in my craw about this is you had Trevin Nell on an absolute bender, a heater, uh, just a, a night of all nights. Nine of 13 from three. And what do you do? You bench him with, uh, was it 10-23 to go in that game? BYU's right there in that game. And then you don't bring him back till the 433 mark. You sat him for almost six minutes of actual game time. I, for the life of me, still cannot understand why he was on the bench for that long. Did Mark Pope lose track of the game? He said after the game, well, we were looking at uh, matchups and rotations. I don't care about rotations, coach. No offense. When you have a guy who's hitting three after three and he's doing it off the dribble, going sideways, he's looking his his, his best impression of Klay Thompson in the NBA for the Golden State Warriors. Now, Klay's a little bit washed now, but you remember when Klay was doing his thing. Trevin looked like that in that game. How in the world do you sit him for almost six minutes of game time? That's it's just it's it boggles my mind. And I, I will I doubt we'll ever get a legitimate, straightforward answer from Mark Pope on why he did it. But it it is one of those things that baffles me because I think that crippled BYU's chances in that game because BYU, frankly, outside of Trevin Nell, couldn't hit a three pointer. They hoisted up forty was it forty six of them made thirteen. Just crazy, crazy numbers of threes, but only uh, four other three-pointers were made outside of Trevinell in that game. Why would you leave him on the bench for that long? It'll forever baffle me, and now BYU uh, makes the trip today. They'll be traveling to Waco to uh, take on Baylor tomorrow night. It's my sincere hope that BYU learned some lessons from that Cincinnati game about what Big 12 play is going to be like. It's going to be tough, and now you're going on the road for two games. You've got Baylor this week, and then you've also also got a road game Saturday at UCF. You make the long trek to Orlando. Uh, 
the hope is that for me in B in my mind for BYU, get out of this week one and two. I'm expecting a loss tomorrow, even though I'm expecting an improved performance for BYU against the Baylor Bears. But I'm expecting a win at UCF at minimum. Be great to see BYU get a win in both. But we'll talk more about that game uh, with Baylor tomorrow. In particular, Cameron Stewart, host of Locked On Baylor. He and I are going to do a crossover edition of the podcast and be able to catch that uh, tomorrow, leading up to that matchup between the Bears and the Cougars. All right, a couple other notes before we go on today's show is congrats. Congratulations to the BYU men's volleyball squad. The ninth-ranked Cougars uh, swept both of their matches over the weekend, beating number 11 Ball State Friday and Saturday night in sweeps. Pretty dominant performances for BYU men's volleyball. Uh, the volleyball program's got a strong tradition at BYU. It's crazy to think that 2024 marks the 20-year anniversary of BYU last winning a national championship. Have they played in like three or four uh, national title matches since that time? Yes, they have. So I'm not sure what to expect of this BYU men's volleyball volleyball squad, but that's a good start to the season for BYU. The hope is that they'll be able to carry that forward. They now travel to Loyola Chicago uh, this Thursday for a road me- a road game. That'll be at 7 o'clock Central Time, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, Thursday evening. So I'd like to see BYU get to 3-0 start. I'm imagining after uh, winning those uh, two uh, matches in uh, sweeps, they'll probably move up in the rankings. We'll have more for you guys on uh, future editions of the podcast. We update that. And also, BYU Women's Gymnastics opened their 2024 season with a 195.900 uh, score in Las Vegas at the Mean Girls Super 16 Gymnastics Championship Saturday afternoon. Uh, it was a fourth-place finish at the event, uh, but a solid opening uh, number for BYU in uh, their first First uh, match of the season. Uh, congratulations to them. But uh, some uh, downer news came as well on Saturday with the news that legendary BYU women's gymnastics coach, a long, long time coach of BYU women's gymnastics, Brad Cattermull, had passed away. So I uh, want to say to the Cattermull family, uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to him. Uh, Guard Young, the current gymnastics coach, said, I have known Coach Cattermull my entire life. He is the Lavelle Edwards of BYU gymnastics, and the program would not be where it is today without his leadership. Uh, it's, it's sad news to see uh, that Coach Cattermole has passed away, but once again, we want to pass along our thoughts and uh, prayers uh, to the Cattermole family at this time, but uh, I don't think Coach Young is too off uh, on that because the thing about this is a guy like Brad Cattermole was a BYU guy through and through. He competed on the 1971 men's gymnastics team at BYU, then went on a mission uh, and his competitive career bro- uh, was over after that. He broke his hand shortly after returning from his mission, then got into coaching, and once again, uh, let's see, got the job at BYU you in 1975-76 as a part-time assistant coach and then 28 years as the head coach it's the, the parallels aren't too far off. Now, Lavelle Edwards obviously elevated BYU football to a national championship level. I know that BYU women's gymnastics has never gotten quite to that level, but still, an incredible, incredible legacy, uh, an incredible uh, story. And once again, uh, rest in peace to you, Coach Cattermull, uh, and our, our thoughts and prayers once again go out to his family at this time. All right, so there you go. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna leave it on on this Monday edition of the show. As I mentioned on tomorrow's podcast crossover edition with. Locked on Baylor as he talk about BYU and Baylor, two nationally ranked teams. We'll see where BYU and Baylor are ranked in the polls when those come out today. Uh, we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. And once again, thank you for your support of this venture as always. Thank you for making Locked on Cougars your first listen today. And obviously, thank you to all of you once again who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.